Podcasting from Singapore and broadcasting all around the world. You're listening to the Ignite EdTech Podcast with Craig Kemp, created by an educator for educators and streaming to the world. Now, over to your host, Craig Kemp. Hello and welcome to episode 96 of the Ignite EdTech Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Kemp, and I'm honored to have you join us. As most of you know, I continue to work with the incredibly talented Mark Quinn to improve the final audio quality of this podcast. He has his own podcast production studio that provides editing and mastering services to content creators. To connect with Mark, please see the details in the podcast notes below. This week is the third to last week of the podcast before we, like you, take a much needed break. I'm thrilled to be heading back to New Zealand for the break to see my family for the first time in three years. We'll be back with the podcast in August, so stay tuned on our social channels and we'll share more next week. Last week, I asked you about the features you wished you had in a professional learning ecosystem. Thank you for your thoughts and ideas. This week, I wanna ask you about how you build a hybrid learning environment in your classroom or school. Do you build opportunities to flip the classroom? I'd love to hear from you. Please share with us via our Ignite EdTech social streams. I look forward to hearing your responses soon. A tool that has positively impacted the authentic and purposeful use of technology into classrooms and meeting rooms that I have worked in is Screencastify. Screencastify is a Chrome browser extension that allows you to record, edit, and assign screencasts. With Screencastify, you can record a single tab in your web browser capture all screen activity, or use your webcam to record or insert a video of yourself. While recording, use the tools to write, draw, erase, keep time, restart, or spotlight a section on the screen. There's also an option to play the audio in a tab that you're recording. Recordings can be saved to Google Drive, shared to Google Classroom, uploaded to YouTube, or exported as MP4, GIF, or MP3s, The free version of Screencastify allows up to five minutes per video. The premium version is unlimited. The editing tool features cropping, trimming, splitting, merging, and the option to put text over clips or blur sections of a video. The most recent feature, Screencastify Submit, allows teachers to assign video creation to students with just a link. The free version supports one submit assignment at a time, and a premium upgrade gives you unlimited active assignments. And assignments get saved to Google Drive. Screencastify makes screen recording easy to implement and frustration-free for teachers and students alike. The available tools, recording, editing, and assigning strike a nice balance without going overboard or causing confusion. Making use of all three effectively could transform Screencastify into a cornerstone tool that drives everything from instruction to feedback, to assessment in your classroom. I highly recommend that you take a look at the link in the description below, screencastify.com. Last week, we talked about professional learning ecosystems, and I shared some of the features coming soon to eduspark.world. If you're interested in learning more, go back and listen to last week's episode. This week, I wanted to talk about flipping the classroom, go through some of the pros and cons, and identify some misconceptions. A flipped classroom is an instructional strategy and a type of blended learning, which aims to increase student engagement and learning by having pupils complete readings at home 
and work on live problem solving during class. This strategy could also be utilized with adult learners. In this blended learning approach, face-to-face -face interaction is mixed with independent study, usually via technology. In a common flipped classroom scenario, students might watch pre-recorded videos at home, then come to school to do the homework armed with questions and at least some background knowledge. The concept behind the flipped classroom is to rethink when students have access to resources they need most. If the problem is that students need help doing the work, rather than being introduced to the new thinking behind the work, then the solution the flipped classroom takes is to reverse that pattern. This doubles student access to teachers, once with the videos at home and again in the classroom, increasing the opportunity for personalization and more precise guidance of learning. In the flipped classroom model, students practice under the guidance of the teacher while accessing content on their own. Of course, it's not that simple, and there are pros and cons to a flipped classroom. As a learning model, criticisms include reduced opportunity for self-directed critical thinking, decentering the role of the student, encouraging a lecture-driven march through curriculum, and in general, simply streamlining an already industrialized approach to learning. And just like in a regular classroom, success depends greatly on the quality of the teacher, the clarity of the communication, and the quality of the given curriculum, assessment, and instruction. Further, equity is still a major issue, and it doesn't address the dated approach most educational systems take to curriculum. Despite the popularity of the flipped classroom, there are still plenty of misconceptions about it. Here are six of them and how to overcome them. Number one, you either flip it or you don't. Many people assume that if you want to flip your classroom, you have to flip it from all angles. But since the flipped classroom can be considered almost synonymous with personalized instruction, a one-size-fits-all approach is definitely not part of it. You can flip the entire class, just some types of lessons, or even just some of the learning activities. Number two, flipped content must be a video. Flipped content can be in video format, and this format is definitely the most popular. However, it doesn't need to be the only one. Teachers who want to flip their classroom can opt for videos or simply go for text materials. You might even do podcasts and audio only like this. These can be printed, downloaded, or handed out to the class before, or better yet, uploaded online to the school learning management system or other class collaboration platform. Number three, the teacher must be in the video. Teachers can become the star of their own show by filming themselves. This adds personality to the learning material. However, not all teachers are natural with the camera. For those who prefer to avoid the filming limelight, the internet has plenty of educational video resources like Khan Academy and TED Talks. Number four, the teacher needs a lot of technical knowledge. Flipping the classroom requires the use of technology, but it's not rocket science. All technological tools created to assist instruction strive to be as intuitive as possible. Recording screens, using a microphone, or uploading various formats of resources onto an LMS are things that are easy to learn. Plus, there are plenty of YouTube videos to help you and provide tutorials. Number five, flipping the classroom takes too much time. Flipping the classroom does take time, depending on the abilities of every person and how much of the class needs to be flipped. But once it's designed, it will save you time. Teachers will be able to use the same piece of content over again. Then any changes that must be made to keep the content updated will not take much time. And number six, students may not be fans. 
Teenagers are known for avoiding homework and studying as much as possible. So how do we make sure they do the necessary work? Communication is key by asking questions like, what did you find difficult to answer? Or what was the most interesting thing you found in the learning materials? Every time teachers can nudge students to come prepared to class. I love the idea of a flipped classroom and I did it myself for many years. It particularly helps transform more traditional settings. Some of you have probably been doing this for a long time as part of your classroom, and for those of you that are new to it, I challenge you to give it a go. As we get closer and closer to the break, for many of you, plan for it and get excited about it. And for two free months of access to EduSpark on me, email me now on craig at eduspark.world. Over these two months, you'll see many new features come to life. I'd love to hear from you to learn more about your ideas for flipping the classroom. Please reach out with your ideas and thoughts. Every week I bring you a short interview with some of my edu heroes, an engaging learning experience with someone who makes a difference in education every day, with a particular focus or angle towards educational technology. This week, I had the pleasure of chatting with Debbie Tannenbaum. Let's have a listen to the chat. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Debbie Tannenbaum, who is a tech coach from Virginia, USA. She's an experienced educator who is a lover of learning and a self-proclaimed Google girl. She supports the authentic integration of technology into classrooms and with educators and leaders, both in her district and online to educators everywhere. Debbie also will have a course on EduSpark, which I know you'll love to explore. Debbie, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Are you ready to talk about education and technology integration? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Let's go. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your current role and what inspires you to do what you do? So currently I am a, I'm a school-based technology specialist. They're called, we're called ESPITS, which is a horrible name. Um, but I get in this job, I get to do lots of different things. I primarily support staff and students integrating technology into instruction. And that probably is my favorite part of my job. I get to do this by modeling and co-teaching lessons with teachers and students, um, supporting our collaborative learning teams. And then another part of my job is I do technology classes for our K-1s, and I do some STEAM classes. And then in addition to all that, I'm also an author. I had a book published a little over a year ago. I pres- I've been presenting actually live now that we have to have live conferences, and I blog, and I'm a consultant for my side hustle, which is Tannenbaum LLC. Why I do what I do is in my first year teaching, I discovered the magic of how technology could really engage my students. And since then, that's just continued to grow. And I really love showing students and teachers how technology can transform learning. Yeah, it's a really cool story, Debbie, as well. And, you know, you you mentioned your job, uh, interesting title of the role, but I think for a lot of people out there, these roles don't always exist in our schools. Tell us a little bit about your day uh, or day in your life in your role as a school-based technology specialist. Every day is a little bit different in this role. I joke that, you know, I have to look at my calendar to really keep track of it all. I mean, I do a combination of lots of different things. I usually have one or two co-teaching lessons with teachers during the day. Um, I have responsibilities on our specials or master schedule. And so I get to do lots of different things. As part of the master schedule, you know, I'm teaching kids how to use the technology in a meaningful way. And then when I'm doing those co-teaching lessons, I'm modeling for teachers effective 
integration of technology because after having our students be completely online, a lot of times teachers don't really know how to find that intentional middle ground where technology really enhances learning. And so that's a really big part of my job is to help that help students and teachers understand how technology can be used as a tool to amplify their learning. Yeah, that's really cool, DB. I think that, you know, the the role that exists that you're in is similar to a tech coach role in many schools around the world internationally as well. But there's different nuances, I guess, to that role that are specific to the context of each school. So it's really exciting to hear you know, the different things that you're doing uh, and in particular, you know, the role and what that looks like. And I know that relationships are really important in that as well. And you talk a lot about that in the work that you do both online and, and in the stuff that you do as a consultant as well. In your consultancy and in your career now, after we've been through all of this with COVID and everything else that's been going on around the world, what's your next big goal in your career? What do you want to do or achieve that you haven't yet been able to do? Well, it's funny, as I thought about that, there's been so many things in the last year that have happened that I would have never imagined having the book published, starting to work on courses and things like that. But I really would, down the road, I still have kids in um, school. I'd really love to be able to expand Tannenbaum Tech, my company, my side hustle, and turn that into more of a full-time gig. Um, I'm not quite there yet. I'm not quite ready to take that leap, but I really love what I do do as I work with teachers and I help them grow. And I find that when I do do professional learning, the educators I work with really appreciate my approach. And I, so I, you know, I really, I think that's really wonderful that I can have that type of impact. Um, and so I really want to try to find ways to do more job embedded professional learning. I think it's so important. So many times when people talk about professional development or professional learning, there's a negative connotation to it. And I think that that's a missed opportunity. And it's my goal to try to create opportunities, especially using technology that can really help teachers learn in a way that is not a one size fits all, but instead is really can be catered to what they need and really help them to use technology in transformative ways. Yeah. And I think that's really relative to everywhere around the world at the moment too is you know take small steps do the right things how do you embed this into your classroom to add value to learning and I love the approach that you take both in your school and in your consultancy as well now you mentioned your book Debbie and before we jump into some quick fire questions tell us a little bit about your book and why we should be picking it up and having a read of it well, I appreciate that. Um, my book is called Transform Techie Notes to Make Learning Sticky. It was published a little over a year ago on my birthday, which is kind of cool. My book and I have the same birthday. Um, and basically, it shares my story. And it really talks about transform as an acronym. And it talks about how we should start by transforming turning away from closed doors. When I first started teaching, I've been teaching for over 22 years, teachers didn't really collaborate the way that they do now or that they should do now. And so it talks about that. And then it talks about ways to look at tr technology. And I share my 10 transform tech tools that I feel like are really meaningful for educators. And it explains how you can use them. I also spend some time talking about how we can nurture and empower agency. A lot of times we feel like 
we have this vision that technology, our students are technology digital natives and that they know how to use everything. So it's really important for me to provide that digital literacy. I talk a lot about icon literacy, really providing our students agency. I also talk about the importance of creation over consumption. And I'm a big porter of thinking routines with Project Zero. So I talk about how we can use things like that to really enhance creation over consumption. And then the book kind of turns and really focuses on educators. It talks about the importance of seeking connections outside of your PLN. It talks about finding those people who can really support you. And then in the last part of the book, it really kind of talks about taking it the next step. It shares how I started to share my voice. It was, it kind of, ha- you know, happened very, put my toe in, decided I might want to start a blog. And now I've been blogging for, you know, almost four, I guess, three and a half years now. And it talks about that. It talks about taking risks. And then at last talks about those opportunities that come out of technology. So it really takes you through a journey as you go through it. it it's very much story-based. So it really gives you that opportunity to see into my world, but also to give you a framework as you begin your journey, knowing that I've been there too. Yeah. What a cool story and and a great book. We'll make sure the link to that is in the podcast notes below as well. Thanks for sharing that, Debbie. I really appreciate it. No problem. And I'm super excited. I have a, I'm not, not fully an author of, um, but I'm a contributing author to a book that's coming out from um, another company edge match um and it's all about i wrote the first chapter of that it's all about engagement so that book's coming out later on in june so i'm super excited about that too we love uh sarah thomas and edgy match so we'll make sure that the link to that goes out as soon as it's live as well make sure we share it out to this pln and shout out to road to awesome who's my publisher for my book so Amazing. Yeah, totally. That's really cool. We'll make sure that, that we've, we find all links to those as well. Let's jump into some quick fire questions, Debbie. The first thing that comes to your head and maybe a brief why, what's your favorite EdTech book or resource? Um, Shake Up Learning by Casey Bell. It was the first book that I really read that I was like, wow, this really kind of activated my mind in new ways to look at technology. And I was super honored she actually wrote the foreword to my book. So um, great resource. Absolutely. What's your go-to EdTech tool that the listeners need to try? So if you're working with littles, I would definitely say Wixy, which is by Tech for Learning. It's an amazing program that is really user-friendly for our littles. It's very icon-based. It really has just come a long way. Um, And then for our older students, Canva has become my new favorite tool. I love Canva. It just allows students and adults to become creators and make products that look so professional. It's just an amazing tool and it does so many things. That's really cool to hear. We'll make sure the links to both of those are here as well. DB, what's one daily habit or practice that helps you enjoy, progress and succeed in your career? I've spent a lot of time becoming a reflective educator and a connected educator and blogging has been a huge part of that. Um, Taking that time every day to really reflect and, and share has been such an important part of, you know, my growth as an educator and my growth in my work with technology. It's just really helped me. And a lot of times I find we're so busy with everything we're doing and our daily routines that we don't take that time to reflect. And it's really there where the magic happens. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I couldn't agree more about that. 
I used to blog as well. And, you know, the, the pieces that I got from that were always incredible, not just in the way that I could share and reflect on my own teaching and learning and development, but also the feedback that I'd get from my PLN on that. And that sort of transformed into this podcast, I guess, because, you know, one of the things that's not always easy is writing. You know, I'm not a massive fan of writing. I found that, you know, writing was hard, but there are so many other avenues. If you're listening and you're not a writer, then, you know, speaking, you know, talking in this form, podcasts are big. It's, it's an easy way to engage. So finding the right way of doing that reflection, I think, is, is really important. Absolutely. And I, you know, I'm a big podcast fan. It's not something that I've decided that I'm ready to use as my way of reflection, but everybody, that's the one thing that's so wonderful is that we all have different ways that we can share our reflection. It's not a one size fits all and technology gives us those opportunities. Absolutely. You've hit the nail on the head there, Debbie. You've shared so many amazing things in this very short chat we've had today, Debbie. What's the best way for the listeners to follow and connect with you? Um, my website, which is tannenbaumtech.com, is probably um, the best way. Um, I'm really active on Twitter, Tannenbaum Tech as well. Not quite as active on Instagram, but have Tannenbaum Tech there. And then I do have a Facebook group, Tannenbaum Tech, on Facebook as well. So I'm and I even have dabbled a little bit into the TikTok world. So I'm, nice. I'm definitely out there. <laughs> That's cool. We'll make sure the links to all of these are in the podcast notes below as well. Debbie, thank you so much for your time today. Inspirational as always. Thank you so much for having me. Next week, join me for episode 97 of the Ignite EdTech podcast when I'm joined by Joel Jr. Laban. Want to win a prize? Enter now at bit.ly slash edtechwin and we'll regularly announce winners of incredible prizes. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow us and share the podcast with your PLN and colleagues. Please remember to spend a few minutes to rate this podcast too on your podcast channel of choice so we can reach even more educators and edtech enthusiasts globally. Remember, you have the chance to win as well. Check out the links in the description for more and I'll see you again next week if you like today's episode please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss another episode and be in the drawing to win prizes every week if you know others that would enjoy the show please hit that share button and brighten their day join us again next week for your weekly ed tech hit with at mr kemp nz we'll see you again soon